just a few announcements to make sure we're all on the same page. All the misinformation I give you, I'm trying to reconcile it. Um, but our banquet is still December 16th, that is correct, at, and it is at 6 p.m. And um, the Olive Garden will be catering that. Uh, it's $20 a person, please prepay, Sister Erickson. Um, Brother Rick Nance and his wife are going to be with us, and that will be a wonderful time. Uh, they'll have a wonderful presentation, and we'll enjoy that. They are so good. Uh, and that, that's going to be that night. And, um, and then please bring your favorite Christmas cookies for dessert on that night. Enough for the party, enough for me to take home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. And um, so I, I originally kind of talked about maybe some kind of a white elephant or something, but I, that may be more hassle than it's worth. I, I, I will do door prizes. And we will have some puzzles on the at the preset at the table that we can work on, and um, hopefully we'll have a good time. Okay. Then on December twenty fourth is going to be our Sunday right before Christmas, and um, will be our inspiration, and that's going to start at eleven a.m. in the fellowship hall. I mean in the sanctuary. Excuse me. We will not have um, snack chat that morning. We'll just have the one service. And uh, looking forward to that. And then on the 31st, the last Sunday of December, will be our fifth Sunday dinner. We're going to have soup and sandwiches. That's one of those things where you bring help bring food. Um, if you have questions, uh, Susie always heads it up for us. And um, is there going to be a fill-in list somewhere? Okay. I'll have it by next Sunday. Okay, so we'll have that soon. And... Um, and then that same day on the 31st, uh, at our house at uh, 6 p.m., we're going to start and we'll have games from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, I do ask if you'd bring a snack with you, just so we have snacks to share, and I would appreciate that if you don't mind. Okay. Um, one other thing, through the rest of December, just to, because things are going on and happening all around us, I'm going to just say we won't have prayer meeting at church on those Thursdays, uh, but please, you know, please do pray and uh, pray for the church, and uh, we want good things to happen. Don't stop prayer, but just we're going to say that we're not going to meet at the church to pray on Thursday nights. All right? Is that all pretty clear? Good deal. Thank you, Elaine, for my cheat sheet. So... Today is an interesting Bible study. Hopefully they all are, but today, today this one's got my attention. I'm going to have John read Acts 17, 22 through 25. I did fail you yesterday. I did not print out a handout. But uh, if you're interested in the verses, I will print you out my notes, and um, I'll be happy to share them after service. If, and I do, sorry for that. I'm worked yesterday on, a, on my rent house and I kind of absorbed my day. Uh, Acts 17, 22 through 25, John. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, 
God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. All right. So notice that last verse there. Um, the Lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with man's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. I want to talk to you about this perspective today. This must have been an eye-opener that day to those Greeks there who they spent their time coming and learning and you know their statement was that they wanted to know more about God though I think that they were really just feeding off one another on their prowess yeah. their knowledge their abilities they had but when Paul came in and said you know really God doesn't need you yeah I think that was a real eye-opener to them and um, and as you think about that my question to you today is how do we how do we reconcile that in our Christian faith? How do we deal with that with a God who really doesn't require me to do anything? He's self-existent. He is able to take care of everything on his own. He doesn't need me today. And so I want to give you some thoughts today about this and uh, maybe just to give you a fresh view of how important what you do for God is because I'm going, to, I'm going to reveal to you today the things that gets God's attention that God honors in our human lives. Amen. So the Athenians spent all their time here at Mars Hill discussing the latest ideas, and they felt like they had religion all figured out until Paul told them that God doesn't need their altars or their devotions because he has no needs. Wow. Have you ever heard, uh, there's a little poem out in the Christian world. It goes like this. Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no tongue but our tongues to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. The, the fact of the matter is, based on what Paul stated here, God really doesn't need me. I, I hope I will be a witness to some. I hope that I will encourage others to know the Lord. That's my, that's, that's my goal in life. I want to I wanna help people to find their way and trust the Lord and see God begin to do things in their life that they never knew was possible. But the fact of the matter is, God is still self-sufficient. He doesn't need me in order to exist. And so today, we're going to talk about some of these things and how that we do interact with God, how that we do fulfill Scripture, how that we are making the Lord pleased in our life when we obey Him and, and follow His Word. Uh, Debbie, read Psalms 50, verse number 12 today. This is, this is a psalmist writing, but concerning the Lord here. Psalms 50, verse 12. If I were hungry, I 
I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. So God said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. Because the, the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. I, I, don't, I don't need you feeding me. Amen. So if God doesn't need anything or anyone, in fact, if God felt he had to create human beings for company because he was lonely or for worship because he needed his ego stroked, that would mean God was incomplete by himself. Right. And that's just not the way it is. He wasn't and he isn't. No, God doesn't need anything today, right. including us. However, the good news of this whole Bible study is to show us that though God doesn't need a relationship with us, he wants one. Yes. Right. That's the awesome news today. Now, you and I, we build our relationships and uh, rather be right. business associates or family or, or based on traditions or our, our um, uh, lineage or what nationality we are. We can gather ourselves to a lot of different groups today and, and say that we're part of that group. Right. But really, when we begin to dissect what our need is, we as human beings do get lonely. We do need affirmation. Mm -hmm. We do need to be stroked sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to think how many times I have said something uh, fully intending on having a response that, that, that lets me feel like I have worth or I have yeah. substance or I have value. But God doesn't operate in His Word with that need. And so we're, we're looking at what the scriptures say today and how I fit into that. Our love for each other is partly based on need. We need to love and be loved, both by God and by others. But not so with the Lord. He doesn't love out of need. He loves out of pure choice. He doesn't need us, but he's chosen to want a relationship with us. He doesn't need us to accomplish his purpose, but he has chosen to allow us to be a part of it, fulfilling his purpose. So today, we're talking about a God today that, that has need of nothing, and yet he wants you to pray. A God who has need of nothing today, but is very interested in the way that you think and the way that you build your faith in God. Our love for each other is partly based on need. Amen. That's just the way that we are. But God doesn't need my ears today. But but the fact is, He can use them. Now think about. I'm going to just, I'm going to list some things here today. The Word of God says that maybe um, will be uh, neat or informative to you. Uh, Susie, catch Psalms one sixteen and two. And uh, uh, you okay? Make a read. Uh, do you Psalms 34:15? Not today. Okay. 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 All right. So Psalms 116:2. God doesn't need our ears. Let's see what the Bible says. Because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon Him as long as I 
Oh. Yes. Okay, and then Psalms 94.9. John, you got that? Uh, the first one was Psalms 116 and 2. And the second one we're going to read right now is Psalms 94, verse 9. He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? All right. So isn't it interesting that, that the Lord gave us, he made us in his image after his likeness, didn't he? And so... Uh, I, I hope that this Bible study brings us to a, to a fresh awareness of how important the way that we move and operate in God. That number one, we have to do it by faith, for without faith it's impossible to please God, yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. But if I have faith, I need, to be, I need to have works of faith today. Now, not works, I'm not saved by my works, by my good deeds, and yet for me to say I have faith James, in, in the book of James, said, Prove to me you have faith by works. Amen. And so, today we're going to find out how that God takes advantage of what he has given to us. And we have the opportunity today to see great things happen through our lives. Amen. All right, so Debbie, catch uh, Proverbs 15 and 3. Uh, Susie, catch Psalms 34 verse 15 and our, our next point is God doesn't need our eyes but again he can use our eyes remember I'm talking about today that God doesn't need me and yet he wants he chose to have me operating and functioning in his kingdom yep the second one is Psalms 34 15 First, right now, we're going to read Proverbs 15.3. Vivian, I will shoot a copy of this as soon as we're through and give it to you so that you'll have all of these too. Okay. Okay? Because I, I do apologize. I should have had that for you. Um, so, you got this one? Mm -hmm. Debbie? The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Okay. And then in Psalms 34.15, Amen. So we're talking about today a God who chose to give you every opportunity to use all that he gave you and apply it to the kingdom of God. Not because he needs something from me today, but because if I obey, if I involve myself through faith, I come into a new place, a new realm where God can bless me in ways I never would have been blessed before. We have nature, and we're blessed by nature today. Thank God for the beautiful things right here in our community that we have. But can I tell you today, how much greater does God want to bless you when you operate in his realm of the gospel? Not because he needs you, but because he wants to bless you by allowing you to be a participant. Amen. Okay? So the third thing I want to say to you today is that God doesn't need our hands, but he can use them. Um, uh, John, Isaiah 40 and 12. And 
and Debbie, Isaiah 48 and 13. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Wow. And then Isaiah 48, 13. All ye assemble your... Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. All right. So we find in Scripture that God did create us in, in His own image. He, the, the Scriptures refer to Him. Um, I know that God is a spirit, and no man has seen God at any time. I, I, I understand that these are all statements of fact of how that the writers penned of how God would help Israel, how God would work and move. Talking about God's hand and God's eyes and God's uh, uh, um, hearing. Amen. Today, what a blessing it is to find out that that the Lord has made a way for us to be able to tap in. In just a moment, we'll talk about that. Okay? So God doesn't need my feet, but He can use them. Look at, look at um, Susie Psalms 99 verse 5 Psalms 99 verse 5 and then uh, John Isaiah 66 and 1 Debbie Romans 16 and 20 footstool. Isaiah 66 and 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me and where is the place of my rest? Amen. And then Romans 16 and 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. So, I love the way Scripture reveals God in such a way and a, and a manner that I can understand. He allows us to see God using a bodily form, as it were. Yeah. Uh, lastly, God doesn't need our mouth, but He can use it. I, uh, Susie, Isaiah 55 and 11. Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I seek. All right. So what does the word sovereign mean today? Well, we know it. In, in essence, we, we know that, they, that God has no need uh, other than he is self-sustaining. But he reigns or he has authority and power uh, in its fullest complete manner 
in every facet and every area of our lives. He doesn't need my worship. He doesn't need my prayer. But the key is today is that God shows by building his word that if we obey his word and have faith, he will use my prayer, he will use my worship in order for good things to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so it all depends today on what we give to God to use in my life. Yeah. Um, am I willing to, sh to say, Lord, my, my, take my hands, my feet, my mouth, my ears, and Lord, let me be that, that vessel that you can use today? That's a commendable thinking because we're giving ourselves to God. Just as he chose, he doesn't need me, but he chose to let me find that place of victory in my life through his word, through knowing him. Also, we find that our fulfillment, therefore, is when we get on board with God's choice and see it fulfilled. So um, now I want to give you three verses here. Um, uh, John James 5 and 16, uh, Debbie, Isaiah 45, 11, and Susie, Ezekiel 22, 30. These verses talk about God um, receiving prayer here, of, of using it to, uh, to fulfill his purpose. Okay, John... James 5 and 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the Lord said, your prayers are very powerful. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then Isaiah 45 and 11. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and... His maker asked me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me. All right. Again, Scripture using the body parts so that we understand how the God operates and moves. Ezekiel 22 and 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. All right. So God doesn't need to hear us pray, but we need to hear ourselves pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your ears need to hear your mouth yeah. worship God. Yeah. Your eyes need to see your body give praise and glory unto God, mm -hmm. whether it be clapping of your hands or lifting your hearts and your hands to God. The fact is, is that is that we we gain in the kingdom of God when we are participating in the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's the way God set this up. Amen. Um, uh, John, look at Proverbs 18 and 21 and Debbie, 2 Chronicles 5, 13. I love this verse in Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. We can use our tongues today for good, or we can use it to yep. tear people up and 
gossip and right. and do everything that's contrary. Yes. But the fact is, is that that this is where God has given and made us in His image, as He's given us the ability to choose what we do with these things that God gave us: our ears and our eyes, our tongue, our mouths, our hands, our feet. Amen. Second Chronicles five and thirteen. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lift up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So they began to praise the Lord, yeah. and the Lord filled that house. Yes. What does the Bible say? Where two or three are gathered together in my name? They are mine in the midst of them. What does the Bible say about worship? Yeah. Have you ever had your kids remind you of something that you promised? They, you promised. You said you would do this by Saturday. They're not afraid to hold that over your head, are they? They're saying, your word is good, and I'm holding you to it. What not that what prayer is? When we begin to say, Lord, it's your promise. I'm not, I'm not bringing up some new subject here, Lord. Yeah. You've already said you would do this. God, you're not a respecter of persons. If you did it for Sister Betty, I know you'll do it for me. Yeah. Right. Amen. We, we understand today that we're not praying just because we're supposed to. Right. But when we start to pray because it opens up the very resources of God, because we're doing what he wants us to do. Yes. Yeah. Amen. It takes on a whole new heartbeat, doesn't it? Yes. God wants to be reminded. It's not that he doesn't know everything already, but he wants you to remind him, Lord, you promised. Lord, you said you're not going to let this happen. I'm trusting you. Oh, that's the place, that niche where God wants his church today to be able to say, I am, I am living in the realm of promises. And God wants me to remind him. He wants me to hold him to these things. Yes, yes. So, I'm going to give you just today three things that you could do in order to fulfill God's purpose and promise in your life. Number one is to remind God of His promises. Remember Jacob returning from Jabbok to meet Esau? He had heard Esau's brother was coming with a band of warriors. Mm -hmm. And the last time they were together, Esau said, I'm going to kill you. Yep. So yeah, Jacob was a little fearful. He struggled. He went and wrestled with the angel of God that night, didn't he? Because he was serious. Yeah. Yes. Here's what he said. Uh, Susie, read Genesis 32 and 12 for us. This is Jacob praying to the Lord. Here's what he said to the Lord. Genesis 32, verse 12. And thou saidest, 
will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Yeah. Jacob's reminding the Lord, you already promised me that my seed would be as the sands of the seashore and the stars of the heavens. Yeah. How's that going to happen, God, if I'm cut off by my brother? He prayed, Lord, remember what you said. There's power today in, in bringing the Lord to that awareness. This is one of the best ways to get your prayers answered. Get a scripture in the Bible where God makes a promise and take God to it. God, look at this. You promised. Amen. God's promises are a check. Yes. That you have a right to cash today. Get a promise from the Bible. Come to God in prayer and claim it. Yes. I think maybe we should start going back to some of our promises in the Word of God and then realizing how that equates and correlates with my life and where I'm at right now and then begin to pray about it. Lord, you said this in your Word. Yes. The second thing God wants you to do, he may not be a respecter of persons and he may not need me per se for him to exist. But I'll tell you the second thing that is important. Remind God of his reputation. God, if you, if you let this happen, there's going to be a price to pay here that's not going to be good. Um, uh, John, read 1 Kings 18, 36 and 37. This is Elijah praying, God, your reputation is at stake. Show yourself to us. That's what he said. Read that for us. 36 and 37. 18. 1 Kings 18. And, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Amen. <clears throat> Elijah saw, <clears throat> man, he was out there with 850 prophets of Baal and and all those who sat at Jezebel's table, way outnumbered, wasn't he, on Mount Carmel that day? And he goes to the Lord, he says, Lord, I remind you yeah. that if you don't do this, then you did not fulfill and do what you said you were going to do. We have to remind God sometimes of his reputation. Um, because of Israel's rebellion, God was not going to go with them to the promised land Moses said this, this is way back as, as the Lord told Moses, you go up and I'm going to stay here. I don't want to be around this rebellious people. And Moses said, God, if you don't go, I'm not going. Because he insisted, God finally relented and told Moses what to do so that Israel could repent. And Moses didn't pray a big formal prayer. He simply told God what he wanted. We have to be able to today to communicate what you're really wanting. 
I, we were with Sandra the other day. Nancy had taken Sandra to the hospital for her surgery. And I, we, we prayed several important facets of that prayer. Uh, talked about a number of things that we were wanting to see happen that day. And, I, and that was Sandra's testimony back to us later that day. She said, the Lord did everything that we asked him in prayer. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's powerful. Yes. So it's not just that we prayed because we're supposed to pray, right. but it's a matter of getting in your life this awareness that God wants you to hold him to it. Amen. Yes. Um, uh, Debbie, catch Exodus 33 and 11. Again, Exodus 33, verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Amen. Moses spoke to the Lord, as a man speaketh unto his friend. Mm -hmm. Moses built this relationship with God. He reasoned with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He reminded the Lord. I, I, I know God knows everything. I know there are a lot of people that say, there's no reason for me to pray. God already knows what my needs are. That's not the way this works. God wants you to exercise your faith by exercising your five senses. He wants you to bring the Lord to it. He wants you to, to challenge the Lord and say, Lord, do this according to your word. Moses reminded God of his reputation, and that won his case. He said this, God, what will the heathen think if Israel dies out here in the wilderness? That's what Moses asked the Lord. We already know God knows the end from the beginning. We already know God knows everything. But that's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about us challenging the Lord, reminding the Lord. Bring out his promises and applying them to our needs in our life. That's the power of prayer today. Um, another man, a king, Hezekiah the king, um, spread that threatening letter from Sennacherib the, uh, before the Lord at the altar. He laid out that letter that day. He said, God, if these heathen win this battle, they will think that you are not the true God. Lord, your reputation is at stake here. We have, we're not wrong to question God. We're not wrong to bring these things. We're not, we're not talking about us questioning if God is real. We're not here questioning if God is strong enough. We're questioning, Lord, your word says this. How on earth is that going to be applied to this situation? And then the third thing I want to talk to you today. Oh, did we just read 2 Kings 19.19? Oh, Susie, get that, okay? 2 Kings 19 and 19. Let's talk about Hezekiah here. Now then, 
therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Amen. So each of these men and women that we look at today, the, the key is, is, is that we understand that God wants us to exercise his word, his promises, exercise our relationship with him, exercise our, our awareness of need. And, and I don't often pray and demand of God what to do. I, I'll, I'll say, God, heal them. But I understand that whether it's a process or whether it's instantaneous, whether uh, however God wants to do it is fine with me. I just want that person to be healed. Amen. The third and last area today is that God, God wants you to remind him of his record. God, you started this. I'm just calling on you to finish what you started. God wants us to, to remind him, Lord, you didn't, you didn't start to, to, to drop us by the wayside. Um, so, John, Psalms 27 and 9, Debbie, Numbers 14 and 13. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Okay. Thou hast been my help. Lord, you've helped me thus far. Why would I think that you're going to do anything less than help me the rest of the way? Sometimes we need to, after we're fearful, we're up against a, a tough place, a tight place in our life, and we're, and we're hoping, we're wondering if God will or not. <clears throat> Let me remind you to remind God. God, you brought me this far. Mm -hmm. You took care of me in this situation. You helped me over here in this, uh, in this predicament. Why, why would I ever expect that God would stop now? Mm -hmm. Amen. We're reminding God about his record. Okay, Numbers 14 and 13. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. Amen. Writer here is saying, Lord, remember, you made some promises in Egypt, and the Egyptians are going to remember. And they're going to say, oh, look, their God dropped them off and killed them in the wilderness. He didn't do what he said he was going to. And so Moses was reminding God. Why did Israel always pray to the God of Abraham, to the God of Isaac, and to the God of Jacob? Because they were calling on the Lord, reminding him of their record, of his record. He had been faithful to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. Why would our God drop us off and fail to follow through? Remind God today what he's done in your past. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because he's a faithful God. Praise the Lord. We don't go to God and say, you owe me, God. Right. No. We don't go to him and say, look how many good works I've done. That doesn't, that doesn't warrant a response from God. Mm -hmm. But for the Lord to know today 
that I'm holding him according to his word, according to his promises, according to his record, I can say, Lord, I'm fully anticipating that you're going to do it again in this situation. Amen. Any thoughts on that? Any ideas, any experiences that you've seen this happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I have that prayer um, quite often because it helps my faith to remember his promises of, of you know, like you just said, I, I, I will say, Lord, I know you will not let me fail. You won't let me fall because you have brought me out of deep darkness. And there's no way that you're going to bring me this far and let me fall. So that is a prayer that I pray Amen. quite often. And it helps build my faith. Amen. I know that he's not going to let me fall. He's done too much for me. goes along with the sermon about adoption. He adopted us. He said we can call him my own father. And when I was a child, there was no, I never even thought about having a need because my father was taken care of. Absolutely. I wouldn't hesitate to ask him for anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how much more is our heavenly father? Yes. Amen. That's good. Someone else? Well, we find God. <clears throat> to me, it boils down to, uh, is God interested in Kevin Erickson? Yes. I know he's done it for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know David was a great man, and Joshua, and, and we list the prophets and men and women who have served God and put their faith in the Lord. But somehow, we have to bring the promises of God right down to the place where I'm living and say, God, where is the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Amen. Anyone else? Y'all are much too easy today. Did I put you to sleep? Nope. I hope not. Well, I think I have time to eat one more cupcake. <laughs> Susie is <Ellis> numbered. <laughs> Amen. Looking forward to our Christmas banquet. We're going to have a lot of fun, y'all. I'm going to try to order another set of chairs this week. <laughs>